UFC Fight Pass presents Extra Rounds. Live from the Fight Pass studios in Southern California. Extra Rounds. Extra Rounds. Along with Pearl Gonzalez. Here's your host, TJ DeSantis. It's never good to start the show lying, but... I guess technically I'm I'm lying a little bit. It said TJ DeSantis along with uh, Pearl Gonzalez. That is not the case. It is just me, TJ DeSantis, and it's extra rounds uh, here on UFC Fight Pass. Pearl Gonzalez, I mean, she's already doing her thing. It's it's a holiday weekend. Can we call it the weekend? I mean, it's Wednesday, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. Uh, but it is it is a holiday weekend. So uh, happy holidays to you and yours. It is uh, Turkey Day, th- Thanksgiving. Um, happy gobble gobble is what Pearl calls it. Um, not exactly sure why, but you know, you don't, you don't tell Pearl Gonzalez she's wrong unless you, uh, want to fight on your hands. So, um, what are we doing today? I'll tell you, I'm the host of the show. I, I do know what we're doing today. We're going to be joined by, uh, Adrian Yanez. Uh, he was victorious, uh, over the weekend against Davey Grant. Uh, I'm sure you saw the fight. It, it was a phenomenal, uh, bout. It was the, uh, first fight of the main card and, and it was a barn burner to say the least. You can see uh, some highlights here from the UFC, uh, Twitter account. Um, one of those weird decisions where it was 30-27 for Davey Grant, and then the other two judges had it 29-28 for Adrian Yanez. And you're much more likely to make an argument that it was Adrian Yanez that should have taken a 30-27 scorecard rather than Davey Grant. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to Adrian a little bit about that. And uh, just, I mean, this guy has been an inspirational fighter uh, for a variety of reasons. We had him on earlier this year uh, when he talked, or uh, when he talked about fighting uh, Randy Costa. Uh, I mean, that was a, a, a war where Yanez was in a ton of trouble in the first round, and he came back and and rallied. And in this fight, he rallied in a different way entirely um, because he was, uh, you know, fighting despite losing his coach Saul Solis, who passed away due to complications of COVID nineteen earlier this year. And um, Yanez was just very deep into his own emotions immediately after the fight. He said he did not uh, allow himself to feel whatsoever, um, you know, leading up to the fight and in training camp. And, and you could see all of that uh, heartache came out uh, as soon as the final bell rang. And uh, it was pretty inspirational stuff, to say the least. We talked to uh, Adrian about that. Also going to be joined by uh, one of the stars of Netflix's series, You. Season three of You is available right now on Netflix. His uh, name is Travis Van Winkle and you know from time to time I get to chat with uh, celebrities here on extra rounds and you know the UFC is popular it's, it's it's a hot thing mixed martial arts I think is the fastest growing sport in the world and a lot of people like to say oh yeah I'm a I'm a fan of the UFC and then you start to peel back the layers a little bit and you realize they don't really know what they're talking about that is not the case with Travis Van Winkle this dude is a hardcore mixed martial arts fan and we're going to talk to him uh, about that uh, today on the program speaking of uh, Netflix I saw today that the uh, new uh, MMA inspired film from Halle Berry is out called Bruised uh, Valentina Shevchenko's in it uh, a bunch of UFC footage and stuff so pretty cool it's it's fun to see you know mixed martial arts presented in a way that m- most sports have been presented in and as far as you know getting uh, that silver screen um, sort of adaptation and uh, I've not uh, been able to watch the entire film yet but I'm going to do that uh, a little bit later today um, but again if you go on Netflix check out season three of you with Travis Van Winkle we will uh, chat with Travis uh, coming up here in just a moment speaking of things you need to watch, We've got uh, the all-new Misha Tate 2.0 documentary. Was able to chat with Misha last week prior to her fight with uh, Ketlin Vieira. And despite last Saturday night not working out exactly the way that Misha wanted it to, the documentary is still worth a, a look. It chronicles her return uh, to come back and fight Marion Renault uh, earlier this year. And uh, really solid stuff. It's, it's nicely done done by the same people as uh, the countdown shows uh, for the UFC. So really high grade, high level production. And Misha Tate 2.0 is available for you right now on UFC Fight Pass. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Going to be joined by Travis Van Winkle. And we'll talk about season three of you and then Adrian Yanez uh, on the other side of that. But first, another closer look at Misha Tate 2.0 from UFC Fight Pass. This is what I live to do. This is what I train to do. This is what I love to do. Wow, what a performance. 
when that fire went out. Oh, she heard her! Nisha, let's go! Oh, that's it! I was like, yeah, I'm finally broken. Once I really found myself, the fire just lit, and it never went away. It is Thanksgiving week here on Extra Rounds, and uh, we're thankful to be joined by Adrian Yanez, fresh off his victory over Davy Grant. A split decision, which, I mean, that's confusing for, for a variety of reasons. But first, uh, Adrian, you got to be pretty thankful that two of the judges did their uh, jobs correctly last Saturday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do. I am very thankful for that. And uh, I was pretty pissed off. I'm still kind of pissed off at that at Tony Weeks, man. Tony Weeks himself, man. I I felt like I was out boxing uh, David Grant and for that guy to come over from boxing to to give it to Grant. I was like, uh, you know, got me doing this like whole little question mark thing. I was like, huh, no wonder boxing does have some screwy decisions at times. You see, that's what's funny about it. You're right. Like, we have these bad judges, and a lot of them come from the boxing world, but they screw up mixed martial arts fights that take place 100% pretty much in the boxing realm. Yeah, of course. And that bugs me. That really, really bugs me. So I was just kind of just, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, judging definitely needs to be better but at the same time whenever i look to see who's judging uh that makes me be like oh it's not the mma guys it's the it's the other people that are coming in you know before this goes into like a, a poor decision like therapy session because pearl gonzalez she was also the victim of some bad judging not too long ago i do want to talk about the actual uh judging from the outside standpoint of uh, media members because uh, one of my favorite resources on uh, on fight night is a website called mmadecisions.com uh adrian have you, have you looked at your stats over there and, and seen how the media members have scored it uh no i did i didn't see any of that honestly Okay, so there were 12 media scores that were submitted on Saturday night. Guess how many of them scored the fight for you out of 12? Man, you know what? I, I'm going to be, like, because I'm very, like, harsh and critical on myself. I'll probably say three. Uh, 12 that's, of them scored the fight that for was, you. Yeah, that sounds All about them, right. All 12. Um, of the 12, there were three 30-27s for yourself, and then the rest 29-28. Uh, 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 so it seems like the media gets it right. I, I feel like this is one of those decisions where not only it, it shouldn't have been 30-27, but it also shouldn't have been split. I thought this was a pretty clear-cut 29-28 uh, for yourself. Like, when you when you go the distance in a fight like that, are, are you confident that you won? Or are you nervous? Because, again, like, there are no, you know, certainties in the sport. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, man, I had two close split decision lo losses before and after that like it just makes me want to get a finish like if you notice after my losses I come back and finish these guys because like I I, I hate going to the judges I never want to leave my wins or anything else up to somebody else like I, I'd never want to leave another half of my paycheck left to somebody else so uh, of course I want to get these finishes I want to make sure I make it in, an emphatic statement every single time because man like you just never know. Like you, you can be winning through that fight because I like those last thirty seconds to a minute. I kind of coasted those in that last round because I was like, I I thought I had it in the bag. Then whenever I'm hearing the judge score like thirty twenty seven, Grant, I'm just like, wait, am I the one that's like kind of delusional right now? Like what's right. going on? Like it had me questioning myself for a second. Right. I was like, I thought I was winning, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. You, you can't help but sort of question yourself when 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 you hear that, and you know you're you're in the moment you get lost in that. I actually texted Pearl uh, in, in the first round after the first round, uh, thinking that um, you know maybe the judges were going to start to swing towards Davy Grant because of the quantity, the output that he put in. Uh, Pearl, what are your thoughts on that? Like, why why do you think the judges tend to get more obsessed with volume than actual shots landed? I think it's uh, it's the energy in the room, right? And uh, of course, you've got this fighter moving forward and he's throwing big, so he looks big. And Davy Grant was throwing a lot of straight kicks and, and, and spinning. He had to. He was trying to get inside. And Yanez was doing such a great job of just going straight down the pipe and keeping Davy Grant where he wanted him just, and just sniping him, sniping him every single time. And so I think that because of the output of energy from Davy Grant, maybe because he seems bigger and more, but that's he's bigger and more. He's throwing at air though. He's not right. he's not really landing at a target. There's no skills just to 
move forward and throw crazy. So, and not that David Grant was, I mean, he's a very calculated fighter, but a lot of his shots were being missed and they, and, and they looked like they were landing, but Giannis, Giannis, you did a, an amazing job this last weekend of just rolling with the punches. You were rolling with the punches, rolling with it and countering. It was so beautiful. It was like you were dancing out there and you were so comfortable and uh, it was amazing. So congratulations on, an, on, on a great performance. You, you should not at all be giving yourself a hard time for this past Saturday. Oh man, thank you, thank you. I, I watched a lot of Canelo Canelo highlights uh, fight week, so I was really I was really <laughs> myself. Hey, hey, talk about the uh, the volume and pressure a little bit of Davy Grant because I think uh, you know lesser experienced fighters, Adrian, might you know tend to to be more defensive and not get their own offense off because Grant, while he's not landing, he's still making you think, he's still making you move and, and be defensive. And you know, from from a guy like Grant, we've seen in the past, it only takes one to sort of you know swing the whole momentum of the fight when, when he lands. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I've been in firefights, and I, I've definitely, I definitely love a firefight. It's just the thing was for me. I just knew I had to stay t true to myself and just stay within my game plan. I, I knew I couldn't stay in front of him, but I knew if every time he, every time he came forward, I had to make him pay every single time because, man, what, what's, what's worse? You know, he's throwing big, he's throwing big every single time, but I'm not, and I'm just moving. I'm making him miss, making him hit air. But yet, what repercussions are are for, are going to go in his way? He's not if he's not getting anything coming coming back. If he's going to do that the whole entire time, so I had to make sure that I landed something of significance to make him stop, make him be like, oh, I can't keep coming in this same way. But unfortunately, uh, he kept he just kept coming and just kept making me land my openings, and then after that, it like he he didn't really switch anything up too much, so it was. It was just easier for me to uh, get my game plan going, and I was I knew I, I knew the shoulder I knew the rolls and the uh, bob and weaves were gonna be were gonna be really effective against him because he was gonna swing wide and and honestly it just made it everything so much easier for me because man if I can stand in front of someone and just bob and weave and just shoulder roll my way through it yeah of course I'm gonna do that but I'm gonna make him pay every single time. You know, we're, we're closing out 2021 okay. here, and I don't know if we're going to come up with, like, some award system or something. Pearl and I need to talk. But if we had a award for the most inspirational fighter of the year, it might be yourself, Adrian. We've talked in the past uh, about your relationship with your father. Your your comeback in the Randy Costa fight was was pretty amazing. And, you know, obviously fighting with a heavy heart this time for Saul Solis, like, it, it seems like you're always fighting for more than just the, the victory. It's self in a roundabout way and, and you know talk about that experience because when, when the final bell rang and, and you allowed yourself to feel inside the octagon I don't care if, if people like you or hate you they had to be feeling uh, you know exactly what you were feeling and, and I think anybody can get behind that story yeah man th that kind of just wraps up like my whole camp like everything that happened everything that happened was it's it sucked like I ended up like being turned from a fighter to a coach because I ended up after the funeral, I flew out to Vegas to go to corner my training partner, Leo, which I still don't know how he fought that same week. It was the, uh, my coach, like my coach's uh, viewing was on Wednesday. His funeral was on uh, Thursday. And then I flew out Friday, then went to go corner my training partner, Leo for his fight. And I know that was hard. It was hard for me to take the, my, to take uh, my coach's position to be the head coach, to be the head corner in, uh, for his fight, that made me feel like, like I, I felt like uh, I had imposter syndrome for a second because like I felt like it's I'm stepping in somebody else's shoes that it's not for me. It's like it's my coach's job. And then coming back, having to run camp for my training partners who had fights for their for their upcoming fights like three weeks later and making sure that they finished off off right. So I ended up having to take my fighter hat off, put my coach hat on. Then after that's whenever I find out uh, Grant, I have, a, I have a fight against Grant in November. So I had to put my fighter cap back on and start getting in my own training camp, but also realizing that, hey, I need to be a coach because uh, yesterday I had fighters fighting and then I had fighters fighting in, in December. Uh, so I was like, I have to be a coach as well. So I had to keep switching hats and just – keep consistently being a, a, a coach and a fighter. And after kind of thinking about it, I was like, 
I've never got time to just sit back and uh, just kind of deal with everything. Like I, I've been so busy and just also like y'all know, like I, the baby's doing December and it's just kind of just like, like bought a house, man. Like, uh, like I'm in a new house. So like, I have a lot of things going on and I'm just kind of thinking back, like I haven't dealt with everything. And I'm just right. like, like, holy shit. Like, yeah. So like when that final bell rang, I was just sat down. The doctors came up to me. He's like, are you okay? Like, is anything hurt? I was like, just, I'm good. Just leave him. Leave me alone. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so like it, it hit like a like a ton of bricks, and I just I just couldn't hold it, man. It it, it all hurts, man. Like, it like hurts. I said, inspirational fighter of the year, I think, Adrian. That uh, that's a cap that you can wear as well. Oh man, yeah, I, I would. I I don't I I don't want to put myself in that in that in that aspect because man, it's 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 just life, man. Like a lot of things in life are gonna come and try to knock you down, and it's it's your job not to let it, you know. And like that's why, like I was kind of telling after the fight, like. I, I need to work on my mental health because this shit took a lot, and I I want to be I want to be better. I want to be better. Like I, I want to make sure that like I'm like I'm good to go whenever I go in that going to the next fights because uh, my training partners need me, like uh, my family needs me, and I need myself. You know I need to go out there and uh, make sure I'm good. You know so you know whenever I whenever I'm needed, I'm out there. You know. Yeah, and you're, you know, Adrian, one, it's it's an honor to, like, kind of hear you go, what you're going through, it, and, like, ultimately, you're changing positions in your life, and you're, you know, stepping into a leader role, and you're doing an amazing job. I mean, your performance was spectacular, and the fact that you're, you know, so focused on your team right now, and you haven't, uh, uh, that you haven't, you know, taken uh, your foot off of the gas pedal to, to be the leader, to continue with the skills. Like, not many people understand what goes into a fight. You see it on fight night, but the hours, the thousands of minutes, the energy, the emotion, like everything, every part of you is put into these fight camps. And so, you're definitely diving and dousing yourself in this sport. And like you are, it's an honor to talk to you and it's an honor to hear. And ultimately you are, you're just taking that next level up and you're fucking killing it, man. You're killing it. So congratulations. And thank you for sharing, you know, your, your struggles and the challenges in front of you right now. Thank you. And I, it's, it's, it's just one of those things for me that I, I just know, like, it's also like kind of one of those things for me that I would be doing my my dad and my coach a disservice if I didn't go out there because this is my dream being here fighting like it's it's yeah. my dream to go get that belt and if I just stopped I'd be doing them a disservice first my dad made it possible for me to go out there and fight and then my coach made it a reality by giving me the tools and and they knew what I wanted and for me to just kind of if I were to give up on it now then and like, just never give my best foot, never put my best foot forward. I'd be doing them a disservice, and that's the least. That's the least thing that I, that I want to do. I want to do the most. I want to make sure that like every single time that I win, that they're the first ones being thanked. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be in the position I am today. I mean, if that weren't enough of a motivation either, like the fact that you got a house and you know baby on the way, like man, there are plenty of things to uh, fight for, and uh, you're doing a hell of a job, Adrian. One thing that I wanted to bring up, you know, we're giving you compliments, but uh, he's not on the show today. But Ray Longo was incredibly complimentary of you, uh, talking about not just your fighting ability, but your ability to sort of look at a fight from a coaching perspective. Not everyone can do that. Ray was talking about how you sort of better understand understand the game when you teach the game what is it about you know you that gives you the ability to sort of not only approach the sport as an active competitor and fighter yourself but it, it seems like you're destined to be a pretty top shelf coach as well man I, i'm telling you my coach like i was like like i was with my coach all the time and he i was working the corners with my coach all the time so i knew what he wanted and then also translating that into the training like whenever he wasn't there he had me running the fighters classes he knew and i knew that not everybody was the same he knew that not everybody was the same so he had to adjust so it was almost like my coach kind of like built me for that spot anyways and it was in 
and within this this year actually he was telling us that uh he wanted me and my training partner cameron uh he was in my corner this this past weekend uh that he wanted me and him to take over the reins of uh of training the fighters because uh he was going to start taking he was going to start training the general public so we can build the general public up and then he would come back to the fighters and then one of us would like when we're not training uh training for a fight we'd be teaching the general public and uh just kind of just building the gym and uh luckily right now luckily right now uh i we're we have uh, a a coach that's trained training the general public and me and cameron are running the fighters group and uh you know it was almost kind of by design and but it happened way sooner than right what than what is supposed to but and I, I felt like he built me for it and like now i have the eyes i know what i want i know what i see like if i see a wrestler i don't want to turn him into a striker i want to give him enough striking to use his wrestling and like once the people are scared of the wrestling they, they start freaking about it freaking out about the wrestling that it opens up their hands and then it goes back into the wrestling and also with the strikers i want them to be able to take a shot but not like have to like turn into the wrestler like i don't like i want to keep them true to themselves so you want to add a little bit of things to help them be better at what they're at i'm not trying to turn anybody into someone they're not i'm not going to turn jordan burroughs into uh, a national champion in, in boxing even though it can be possible uh, i'm just not going to do that because the winning the winning thing is a. Uh, uh, is what like what he's best at is what's going to win him the fight right right i'm not going to go out there and turn floyd mayweather into a jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu black belt and try to make him sub everybody i want him to knock everybody out so right. of course that's that's the way i think about it and i just want to add some little things to people's games to help help their game out and it's been great just even just like taking on that coaching perspective because now i get to play with like this system a little bit i could be like all right i want to add this into training let's see how it works and and with this camp, that's what I've been doing, and a lot of these guys have gotten so much better, and it's been it's been amazing. Uh, how do you how do you avoid burnout? Because I mean, it, it sounds like you're very passionate about building fighters and, and coaching, and obviously focusing on your your career um, y yourself. I mean, are, are you able to sort of get away from the gym and decompress and, and keep that you know motivation high? Oh, my Saturdays and Sundays, I don't do shit. <laughs> I don't do shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't do shit. Like I, I, man, but I'll watch fights on Saturdays. Yeah, of course, I'll watch some fights. It's 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 what it's just who I am. Uh, I do love fighting and everything, but man, it's one of those. Uh, it's just I don't know. I just love the sport so much, and then also too, like the Monday through Friday, it's it's almost like something new because like man like okay well i'm having this problem well this person's having this problem like, okay i'll address my problem today i'll address theirs tomorrow and like i kind of guess i guess it gets to be something cool like where i'm like always problem solving and that's what i love to do i love i love to solve a problem like it's like with davy grant this the problem was he has power he's very unorthodox and he's never going to stop coming forward so i was like man the whole entire camp i was like i'm gonna have to deal with this i'm gonna have to deal with this i have to deal with this and also the little uh He's also really good on the ground, so I had to make sure that I had to be ready for the takedowns. And man, that was another thing that I had to add on to that. So it was like just being able to problem solve. And then also too, I had to problem solve for a lot of these other fighters, being like, "Oh, well, this fighter likes to do this. This fighter likes to do that." And I had to make sure that they're doing that 100% better than the other guy. So that's it, it was. It's it's also just like one of those things. This problem solving for me. So I'm never just solving the same problem every single time. So it's like. I'm constantly being able to grow and learn by uh, adjusting what some of these fighters do. That's great. It's interesting, you know, that you say that because the biggest thing you're saying is work work smarter, not harder, right? And and the fact that you're not just taking on your own training camp, which in itself is is a life dedication, right? Which can take all of your time. You're taking on fighters, and you're taking on their that that responsibility as well, and like. There are so many coaches out there that I've seen that are, are like ego, to, their ego gets in the way at times and they want things done their way. And they're not looking past that to look at, no, the fighter needs this. This is what is needed right now for this particular fight. Why change them? Why make them into me? They're not me. They're, they're you know, this way and, and they have these strengths. And so you, that to me is so overwhelming. I, I don't, I have a hard time dealing with my own fight camp and my own, my own career, let alone, I, I can't imagine having to deal with my teammates and, and the rest of the gym 
And so, you know, you hit it on the, on the head where you said, I'm a problem solver because you're just looking at it like, give me the problem. Here's the answer. Boom. Next problem. Here's the answer. So you're a, you have to be efficient at this point to avoid that burnout, to avoid overworking yourself. And man, like, you know, I hope you're counting and checking all these things off on your list as you're looking like I'm, I'm doing this. I, I'm, I'm working, you know, my, I obviously have a system and this is working. This is working, not just seeing what's not working because, you know, it, it takes a lot of knowledge, skill, and emotional intelligence to be able to do what you're doing right now. And, and um, I wanted to ask you another question. You know, you were talking about techni technical skills here and you are such a polished striker. I mean, your techniques are, are, are beautiful. They're clean, polished. Uh, DC called you polished and it, I couldn't find a better word than polished because every movement, there's no wasted movement in there. There's, there's no, mo every movement has its purpose. And so I wanted to know, as far as your training goes, do you, do you give that or are you, you know, uh, owe that to the like shadow boxing or do you do a lot of mirror work? Like where and how has your techniques become so beautiful? Man, honestly, I would always show up to the gym about an hour early and my warm up was always shadow boxing. Like, like the, the, the class, the, tra the, training, the training for the fighters always started at 7.30. Back, we're, back before when we're at the old gym, before COVID shut us down, uh, 7.30 for the fighters. Uh, and we, we would train, spar, wrestle, do all that stuff. But every single time, I would always shadow box the whole entire time. Uh, anything that my coach had showed me that week, I would definitely implement and like overemphasize it the whole entire time and I never stopped until I felt it was perfect you know whenever you throw a punch sometimes yeah. you know like you're overextended and I was just mm -hmm. one of those guys who was just overcritical on what I do like if I threw a jab I didn't bring it back fast enough I was like oh well like if I throw my jab and I was like so worried about the quickness that I didn't that I shortened up my jab I would feel it and I'm like ah like I like I just consistently just kept working it until I felt like it was perfect and and I still don't even feel like it's perfect I'm always consistently still working on it but no, shadow boxing is 100% is like had, had helped me out so much. And then also too, like all, out of training camp, like I would still, I would do with the, like I would spar with people, but it would always be like with the, uh, with the newer people. So you, like, you're not going 100% mm -hmm. going at a smooth rate. You get to control the, the pace. You get to control a lot of the other stuff. So you get to work on some things and that I had always loved it because man, like, it's it's fun because like you the, you don't know exactly what they're throwing you know when you go to the same training parts that you put that push you and everything like yeah you're you're gonna get repetitive you're gonna start throwing a lot of the same stuff you know what they throw they know what you throw so going with somebody newer you get to see a little couple things every once in a while so it's pretty cool and also like I don't try to have a closed mind either so if like if I know if mm -hmm. uh if a technique's working then uh, I'm gonna keep on using it and then uh yeah no uh it's it's the biggest thing was shadow boxing and then actually trying it out whenever I'm out of camp. That's, that's awesome. So now are you applying that, those kind of skills and the, the knowledge that you have from your own skill set? Is that what you're applying to your, you know, the gym now and, and the future fighters that are upcoming? Oh yeah. I definitely tell a lot of these fighters now that, the, that shadow boxing is definitely one of those things that's helped me out so much, but it took hours and hours and hours. But most of the guys that I got that are that are fighting, they still work a regular day job, so they can only give me so much of their time. And I'm just like, like I'm always like, we need more time, but what? We'll, yeah, we have so little time. <laughs> I feel like we have a lot of time, but like whenever you think about it and break it down, you only have an hour, maybe an hour, mm -hmm. an hour and a half to work. Because these guys, they got to go run, they got to do all this other stuff, and then they got to go to bed like around 11 just to get up at four, 4 or 5 to go to work, and they get off at 5, and they have an hour to get – oh, yeah, no, my mind is always like consistently just going, and I'm just like, yeah. So it, it sometimes it does bother me, but I had to pull myself back down. just like, hey, I can only control this hour. Let me just control this hour. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm really excited to see this this crop of, of fighters that you have coming up because it sounds like you're going to have a handful of badass strikers in there because you looked amazing this weekend. How is your ear? It that is, thing was huge on Saturday. Oh, yeah, it's terrible, but my ear right now, like, I got the magnets covered and everything. It hurts. Oh, like, nice. That looks good. Yeah. I just need to make sure, I, like, I go back and get the small needle to drain out the stuff that's, like, almost, like, covering up the ear, but... Uh, how much? Yeah. How much fluid did you have? How many? How many syringes did they have to fill? They, 
they filled up two of the big syringes on Saturday. Oh, two, uh, and then <laughs> I, it, since they didn't have the right clamp or the right, ma- they didn't have magnets. They only had one clamp. Like everything else filled right back up around. So I had to, once I came mm-hmm. home, I had to redrain it. And that took like about, uh, about 11 of uh, the, like, uh, 11, 11 of the small needles. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. that's so gross. Like, Daniel Cormier was my- licking his chops. I think he wanted to drain that thing right in the octagon, too. <laughs> I saw someone photoshopped it and like they, there's, they're, they're just making weird stuff with the photoshop on it. It was, it was funny. That's hilarious, man. And then you have to constantly drain it, right? I know I would be obsessed with mine and nonstop draining multiple times a day to make sure that the fluid never came back. I'm so happy that, like, it hasn't really refilled back up. It's just one spot that's kind of filling back up right now. But uh, it's just I can't put a magnet in my ear hole. That's the thing. I can't Mm. put it in. That's the part that's kind of refilling back up. And uh, that's that's the only part that annoys me. But uh, I bought these these things off Amazon called an ear splint. So like uh-huh. it's I I know I'm gonna have to like uh, make a play-doh type of thing, clamp it in my ear mm. and just hold on to it. So hopefully since I shouted them out on here, you know, they'll hit you back up and be like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, maybe, if anybody maybe deserves a sponsor, yeah, for sure. So are you gonna ice that bad boy? Cause uh make sure you ice that thing. Oh yeah, it, it's 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 hurting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adrian, well, we'll let you get out of here. Let that uh, ear heal up. Uh, you know, w- w- what is next? Any idea what the timeline uh, back to the octagon would be? I assume you're done for the rest of the year. Uh, it's been a hell of a year for yourself, but uh, when, when would you like to fight again? Man, I, I definitely want to come back. So I'm going to take January and February off for sure. Like, I won't really be training. Uh, so probably April. April or May is probably whenever I'll, like, I'll have a fight booked for it because uh, I'm, I'm really going to take December off because the baby's here. And then I want to acclimate, kind of be uh, kind of like December, this, this time in December, I want to get myself right, uh, be there for the baby and then uh, coach, coach my guys. Because uh, my training partner, Leo, he's fighting in the UFC. I think he's going to be fighting in February. Uh, February, I, I, from what I believe, it's the uh, – Adesanya versus uh, uh, Whitaker fight, and I'll be in the in his corner for that. So I want to make sure that they get me as a coach 100% because I have a couple guys fighting the day before, uh, the day before, and Fury. So I got to make sure that I'm there for them 100%. Awesome, Adrian. Well, there for me. Well, if, if anybody deserves some time off, it is you. Uh, rest up, uh, enjoy the time uh, with the baby and all that. That's an exciting time for, for anyone. And uh, happy holidays. And uh, hopefully, we can catch up with you again real soon and, and talk about uh, what's next for you, sir. Oh, thank you very much, and y'all have a blessed one. Have a have a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, if, if that's what it is, you know. Thank you, sir. Happy gobble gobble, Adrian. Congratulations, <laughs> spectacular performance. Like, good luck with baby. Good luck with the new home, the new role you have, man. You're killing it. You're doing amazing. So please give yourself a big pat on the back. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Y'all have a blessed one. I'm going to say it. The 2021 Inspirational Fighter of the Year on Extra Rounds, Adrian Yannis. <laughs> kind of the yeah, bonus on Fly Pass. <laughs> Chuck Norris, Man of Action. Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris, he's got nerves of steel and strength to match. With his team, Pepper. It's too dangerous, Chuck. What? Too much. Too much. Kimo, the Samurai Warrior. Reed, Chuck's Teenage Apprentice. Tabe, the Sumo Champion. With Chuck Norris, they battle the sinister forces of the Claw. Remember this. And the Ruthless Super Ninja. Finish Norris! Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos.
We're back here on Extra Rounds. I am now joined by, I mean, a man of prominence. He has three names, after all. It is Travis Van Winkle. You can see him on season three of You on Netflix. I want to talk about you, and we're going to talk about UFC as well. But, you know, everyone's doing this whole Squid Game thing uh, on Netflix. It's super popular. And, uh, you know, I, I did that, Travis. I watched it. You know, I was enthralled and intrigued and went up and down on the whole uh, sort of uh, emotional roller coaster. And then immediately, I saw the trailer for you and I have not seen you I don't know if I can emotionally handle this series Travis tell me a little bit about what's going on with you and again uh, we'll talk about you but the, the the project first this has become a problem talking about the show you that I'm on and then also referring to me <clears throat> um, the show is wild man if you haven't seen it, it, it it's it's a show about a basically a serial killer that tries to stop killing people but can't right becomes obsessive about these women that he, he falls for uh it's a wild twisted hilarious ride and each season is darker than the last and this season specifically was basically the main character is joe and him and his wife entering what marriage and parenting looks like so it's put two two killers into the right. scenario where they have to be parents and be a part of a community and just see what happens. And so comedy and drama ensue. And my character actually is the king of the cul-de-sac and I invite them into my inner world. And a lot of crazy shit happens. If you haven't seen the show, it's pretty wild. I get to play an over the top character that just is hell bent on optimization. And it's his own optimization, but other people's optimization too. And so this, my character is all about achievement and like excellence. And it's so fun to play uh, play someone that is obsessed with perfection. Um, so it's a wild ride, and a lot of you will you'll never guess what happens in the season, but you have to watch. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, like I said, I'm still coming down from the Squid Game experience, but the promo for you. It it is just gripping. It's it's like Dexter meets like uh, not a sitcom because that's not what it is. But it's like you know like that that emotional romantic sort of uh, story. And it's like I don't I don't I don't know if my heart can handle this yet, Travis. It's a lot to handle, but uh, you'll be happy that you did. I'm, uh, you need to go through it. Go through the experience. Maybe get yourself a, a blankie and sit on your couch and maybe have a nice cup of cocoa. Watch the series, and then we'll talk. I think it's gonna it's gonna punch you in the face. I can't wait. And uh, speaking of uh, you know punching in the face, and also tying it back to you, you're the king of the cul-de-sac. I think I want to be at the king of the cul-de-sac's house on UFC Fight Night. Like, uh, do you ever host fight nights at your place? All the time. I love fight nights. I have so much fun. For me, I remember I had a girlfriend years past where if if I were to watch UFC while in bed as we were kind of winding down. That was a no-go because it would keep me up until two in the morning. Oh, even, yeah. Even if the fights ended, I was jacked up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, UFC is always such a fun spectacle and it's such a fun sport to watch. And to watch it in a group setting is amazing. I've actually never been to a live fight. Oh, we got to change that. We got to change that. I would love to go. But uh, for the most part, I just yell and scream at my TV. Well, you got an opportunity here uh, December 11th in Las Vegas. I know you're a fan of Dustin Poirier. He's fighting for a uh, title against uh, uh, Oliveira, Charles Oliveira, the new champion, uh, to pretty much close out the year. So maybe we need to get you in T-Mobile in Vegas. You no, know, hook me up. I'll, I'll gladly, you know, yell and scream at the at the octagon. That's going to be a good fight. I'm excited for that. There's been some good fights. The last one, the Usman fight that just happened. Yeah. There were some good fights on that card. I was I was pretty pumped with that. And then seeing Peter Yan the week before, that guy's a machine. He's terrifying. I mean, that the quickness and the power with every punch that he throws, it's it's wild that anyone would want to go up against him. And, and it's no wonder he's just fucking dominating. The thing that I love about the UFC is it's changed the way that people sort of perceive combat sports as a whole. And the narrative, I think, over the last, you know, five or six years has been on the smaller athletes inside the octagon. You mentioned Peter Yan, 135 pounds. We're coming off that uh, 268 card where Rose Namajunas, 115-pound woman, is like one of the most giant stars in, in mixed martial arts. You know, 10, 15 years ago, I don't think anybody would think a 135-pound man and Peter Yan or 115-pound woman would be on the poster selling paper reviews like they are no and it's it's just, what it is is it's it is an art form it is there these people they're, they're they're poets in there and you get to watch it in action and all the different modalities and all the different disciplines they just they they literally blend in 
to themselves. And you don't know who's going to win a lot of these fights because they're so dangerous in many different disciplines. And so it's so exciting to watch. And when it comes to Rose, Thug Rose, she's, I'm the best. I'm the best. I love her whole mantra that she's been doing. But also, it was exciting to watch her. She didn't uh, dominate the fight. But she won that fight. And so to watch her use her skills and to actually play play chess while she was in there, I think is always interesting. What I love to watch too is the mental aspect. What state of mind are these athletes in as they're walking into the arena? Do they look nervous? Can you tell they're in their head? Are they are they putting on a show that they're not nervous? Are they fucking squared away and focused and ready to dominate and kill somebody? You never know. And then the whole, those, the, the face-to-face standoffs before before they get to fight, you always get to see their minds going. Some some fighters look down. They don't like to make eye contact. Right. Other fighters are just just right there, you know, square center. And it's it's just for, for me the mental aspect of this game is is such a big part of it. And the courage that it takes to go into the damn octagon must be just I mean through the roof that you're being locked in a cage with some other human being. And you're fighting to the death is wild. So. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing about Rose, too. Like, you talk about her mantra and her, you know, power of self-belief. Like, the, the fact that she's, like, staring, you know, just blankly at, at Wei Li and going, I'm the best. I'm the best. Like, I'm not even in the building. I'm like, okay, you're the best. Like, you're, you're scaring the shit out of me right now. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, talking about the big heavyweights, too, though, I was thinking about before we did this, this call, I was like, what is the history of fighters that I used to really love? And Chuck Liddell was always one of those guys I loved watching get in there and just dominate yeah. people. And do, you, do you remember Butterbean? Of course, Eric Ash, yeah. Just walking, just, just big dude. Even Brock Lesnar, when he would go in there, the crossover from from uh, WWF or whatever kind of wrestling uh, division he was in, yeah. he would come into the octagon and actually fight. Right. Because, you know, he wasn't the most skilled fighter, but he was incredibly powerful, large, and, and hard to handle. And to watch him... So to watch these heavyweights, it's 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 a whole nother level uh, of of usually spit that's coming out of my mouth when I'm yelling at the TV. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Lesnar and the the sort of ideology behind Brock is you're you're not wrong. Like he wasn't the most well-rounded fighter in mixed martial arts history, but he truly is one of the greatest heavyweights. But he relied on such a, a you know a stock uh, base of uh, you know NCAA wrestling, where it would have been interesting had he not gone to pro wrestling and just went from being you know a, a D1 All American wrestler into mixed martial arts and never you know mess around with with WWE. WWE, but you know that was the time we were in, right? He he went to, went to go make the money, and now I think we're in a really unique spot where those elite level athletes, maybe some that would even go to the NFL, forego that and and try their hand at at mixed martial arts because I mean the paydays and in the sort of place you can carve you know out for yourself in, in the history of mixed martial arts it, it sort of uh, everything else pales in comparison when you can say you are a former or current or reigning pound for pound great UFC champ. You know, I think it's also, it's a testament to what, because the UFC has become something just so global that everyone knows what it is. I feel like younger children have grown up watching that and have dedicated their lives to that. So the athletes that you're seeing now start to come up in the ranks. They've been doing this for a long time and their skill levels, their skill sets are through the roof. And it's the same thing if you look at, you know, if you look at like, uh, snowboarders or any kind of athlete nowadays when you have kids that start playing at a young age they play all the way through their adolescence by the time they get to the pro level they're just at a different level than everybody else and so i'm excited to see where the ufc where this game goes in the next 10 years when you have these these athletes that come through with every single discipline being like the the, the state of their perfection of every discipline yeah how all of those fights take place i want to see that yeah, I mean, I know you're a fan of George St. Pierre, and and George was really sort of the first of his generation to be that really well-rounded mixed martial artist. But at the end of the day, he was a karate guy that learned, you know, everything sort of on the fly and adapted it to, to mixed martial arts. What is the next GSP of 20 years from now going to look like who's been training BJJ and Muay Thai and, and, you know, wrestling since they were single digits in age? Like, that's a terrifying individual. That is, and that's, you know, I, I GSP was definitely one he's one of my favorites i loved watching every i would pay 100 bucks per fight whatever they charge i'm like yep i'm paying that 
Um, See, I, I think we need to get you and George working on a project together. He had that uh, um, Winter Soldier Captain America cameo. Uh, he's got the hair rocking. He looks like an action uh, hero if I've ever seen one. Like, we need to get this man on television more, Travis. I'm sure he's transitioning into that. He's He's been known as a fighter. He's got a big personality. I'm pretty sure he's headed in that direction. Just a likable guy, too. You know what I mean? Like, no one can really say a bad thing about GSP. Well, I got to work with Randy Couture. Um, oh, awesome. In a film called Mantervention. He, uh, I got to be inside the ring with him, and I got to meet him. And he's, he was a, a beast in his own right, too. But to stand next to him, I realized how small I am. And I'm six foot 185. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, you can be a relatively big guy, and then you stand one uh, standing next to one of these athletes from the UFC, and it's like, all right, like, I'm 40 pounds heavier than this dude on fight night, and uh, he dwarfs me. It's like, what, what is happening right now? Writing and, and who, who's the guy that I love right now? Um, I'm going to say it wrong, but Naganu. Yeah, Francis Naganu. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, I mean, that's a scary dude. I don't yeah. want anything to do with being in, in the cage with that guy. I'm excited to see what he continues to do. Yeah, I, and you know, I uh, I know you're a fan of John Jones. Like, who isn't a fan of John Jones? Like, I cannot wait to see this potential matchup between Francis Ngannou and, and Johnny Bones because, like, that's the game or that's the the fight you make when you buy the video game. You know what I mean? It's the first fight you make at, at home to see what happens. And uh, like, I, I don't tell Dana White and company this because they're they're kind enough to give me the pay per views for free, but I'd pay like five hundred dollars for that fight. Oh, I I would I would pay for, I would give my car. Seriously. I don't want to own my car anymore. You take my car for a year so I can watch that fight. I want to see also uh, Adesanya and, and Usman. I would love to see that. That'd be great fight. too. Like they're talking about, I don't know if that could ever happen. They're not even in the same weight division, are they? They're not. But I mean, that's the thing. Kamaru has done such a good job at sort of holding down this 170-pound division in a relatively short period of time. You think about he's being compared to George St. Pierre, who lorded over the division for, for multiple years. Kamaru's just you know a year and some change, uh, maybe two years or close to it, into being this champion. And they're already talking about these fantasy fights. And to me, I don't know if Kamaru trumps George and as far as the GOAT conversation is concerned. At 170, but I kind of want him to solidify that before he moves up to fight Izzy. But again, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say I won't, you know, pay a lot of money to see that potential super fight. Yeah, because tomorrow he is he's so strong, man. His mental game is 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 really inspiring. The power he has behind his right hand. I mean, Masvidal, that that hit is I mean, the whole. His, I'm surprised his head stayed on his body. Right, right. The the wrestler, by the way, Kamara Usman, the wrestler. I love the UFC, man. This shit's so much fun for me, and I think my girlfriend probably laughs at at, at how much I'm uh, I'm I'm into it. Well, we, we got to get you in T-Mobile when we can, or at least get you back on the air with us uh, on, a, on a fight night, because it sounds like you're not sleeping anyway. You might as well, like, break down the fights with us <laughs> post-fight and, uh, yeah, you know. Well, what do you think? So this whole idea, and I, I'm going to say his name wrong, but uh, Gaethy, Justin Gaethy. So uh, Gaethy, yep. Thank you. He's got this idea that he wants to have the title shot. But um, I, I always say his name also wrong. Uh, Makachevo. Makachev. Uh, uh, Thank you. I, I'm so bad at all their names, but he is a monster that no one can stop. Yeah. I mean, I think he should have a title shot, but he's also one of those guys like Khabib where they're not going to let you fight your game. And no. that's so annoying about them. Yeah. Watch sometimes because you know what they're going to do. Right. And you go, oh, they're just going to, you know, take you down and fucking slowly beat the shit out of you. Right. And that's kind of can be boring at times to watch. See, so, I, I think differently because when you know that's coming and you can't stop it, that's what makes it so beautiful. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. So when you know, when you have a fighter in there that's, that is just an elite level fighter and that's not their style, you're excited to watch those conflicts of styles come. Yeah. And no matter what, they get, they lose. And right. And, and, and they, and, and it's so fun. It is fun to watch that domination. So I think he deserves a title shot because I think he'll I think he'll win. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It, it's going to be hard to deny him, especially because he, you know, Makashev is, is just dominating people. Uh, if you're someone like Justin Gaethje, I mean, I wouldn't want to take that fight if I was Gaethje because you got a lot to lose and you give Makashev a, a lot to gain. But that's the thing too. Like, Justin Gaethje fights people in you know, action films of their own. That's that's what his fights are. There's full-on, full-feature-length action films in, you know, 15, 25 minutes. So we'll, we'll see if Makashev could do that to Justin. I, I tend to think Gaethje would have something to 
say about it, but I don't know. Cause man. if you look at Khabib, Khabib whooped the hell out of Gage. Yeah. But, but I, I know Makashev is Khabib 2.0, but that doesn't mean that he's as good or better than. Oh, he's definitely not as good. Cause Khabib, Khabib is next level. I, I'm right. so bummed. He's like the Barry Sanders. He, he retired a little too early. I thought. Yeah, I know. And like, no matter what, I'm going to hold out, you know, hope that he just decides to, you know, get a little rowdy and get back oh, in there. Love that. Especially against Connor. Oh man, let's let's not even go there. We don't have enough time to break down that rivalry. Uh, check out you. It's available now, season three on Netflix. Uh, Travis Van Winkle, kind enough to give us a few moments here on extra rounds. Travis, uh, no doubt you're a uh, bona fide hardcore mixed martial arts fan, and we'll have to have you back to talk some more UFC. Let's do it. Nice to see you. There he is, Travis Van Winkle on extra rounds here from UFC Fight Pass. Go watch you. Season three available now on Netflix. Good to talk to Travis. Truly a uh, hardcore mixed martial arts fan. Uh, let's see. Uh, talking about what you should watch. That reminds me. Coming up. Uh, let's see here. Friday and Saturday. Got more uh, action on UFC Fight Pass. It is uh, off week for the worldwide leader in MMA and the UFC. But Ultimate Warrior Challenge is available uh, Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern. That is 5 p.m. here on the West Coast. And then on Saturday, Polaris 18 takes place at 2 p.m. Eastern. That is 11 a.m. Pacific time. So, uh, despite it being a holiday weekend, still some combat sports for you to uh, get hooked on. You can do so over at UFC Fight Pass. By the way, uh, if you go over to Fight Pass, you can also check out our entire 100 and some odd episode archive of extra rounds and you can also download the podcast wherever podcasts are available. Uh, iTunes, Google, Spotify, um, Apple, uh, I think I already said Apple, iHeart, wherever you podcast. That's where we are. Um, want to say thank you to you and, and everybody uh, this holiday season. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, be safe. Uh, a lot to be thankful for on this side of the screen. Uh, Pearl Gonzalez, uh, obviously uh, not here today, but she wishes you the best. Uh, want to say thank you to our producer, Stephen Frankie, who make our life uh, so much easier. Honestly, this is uh, it's a lot of work. And uh, the fact that we've done 102 episodes of Extra Rounds, uh, not trying to pat myself on the back too much, but I will definitely pat our producers on the back uh, all day long. Uh, Want to pat uh, Adrian Yanez on the back for that win over Davy Grant last Saturday night, but also for giving us uh, a half an hour here on Extra Rounds. It was uh, awesome to chat with him and uh, sort of follow his career as it progresses. All right, that's it. For Pearl Gonzalez, I'm TJ DeSantis saying happy Thanksgiving. Uh, don't uh, gorge yourself on too much food, and we'll see you uh, next week to, to burn it off on Extra Rounds from UFC Fight Pass. We'll see you. This concludes our live broadcast of Extra Rounds. Are we still on the air? Watch the archive anytime on UFC Fight Pass or Facebook.com slash UFC Fight Pass. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.